You're listening to the Inglewood College Podcast. Inglewood College is a ministry of Inglewood Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. We believe that just because this season is temporary doesn't mean it can't be deeply transformative. Love God. Love people. Serve the world. Hey guys, welcome back to the Inglewood College Podcast. We're walking through a series called Peace of Mind, and this is our sixth episode of the series. If you've missed any of the previous episodes, go back, check those out. What we're doing is we're simply opening up God's Word and letting it to speak uh, into our hearts and minds. So today we're going to open up to 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11, and we're going to read that together now. So 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 6, going through verse 11. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, right at the beginning of this text, we've got a therefore, just like the text from the previous episode. So why would Peter say therefore? Peter's just been addressing the elders in the church uh, in the first few verses of this chapter, and then he turned his attention to everyone in verse 5, telling them to be humble toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then we get our text where he says, Basically, based on that fact that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I think we probably all know what being humbled is like, and it's not real fun. I like that he's saying here to humble ourselves so that we don't have to be humbled. You might have heard someone talk about praying for patience before, and then, you know, if you pray for patience, it's like God gives you opportunities to practice patience. I don't really like praying like that because I'm afraid of what God might allow me to face in order to produce the things that I'm praying about in me. And I'll be honest with God sometimes. I'll just say, God, help me to be humble, but I'm not asking you to humble me. I'm just asking for help humbling myself before you. And and I'll just be straight up with him sometimes like that and just be praying for humility, but like, God, help me with the Holy Spirit to humble myself so that you don't have to humble me. And that doesn't mean that God never allows me to go through things that help me along in my humility. Um, Honestly, you know, if I could be honest with you, there have been times when the struggles in my mind, and I've definitely had my fair share of mental struggles, man, have forced me to humble myself before the Lord. Well, really, honestly, forced me to be humble before the Lord, you know, whether I wanted that or not, right? And and it truly has brought up some some desperate times of need for God's help as I've wrestled with things in my mind. And maybe you've experienced that before. Some un- unwanted thoughts that you've had or, you know, random anxieties or even anxieties that in your mind seem to make sense because of what you're going through in your life. Could be crippling worry or it could be some unshakable doubts about God and about your salvation or your relationship with God. Could also be the depths of depression where, you know, if you've been there, you know, any emotion is hard to come by, and you're just kind of walking through that. And I think walking through some of those things 
can work to humble us. And listen, I'm not saying that God is looking to put you through hard stuff just to humble you. I don't think he's up there, you know, watching over us. I don't think he's right here next to us, you know, as his, in his omnipresence, right? Just wanting us to struggle so that our hearts will get right. It's actually because we couldn't get our hearts right that he came for us in Jesus. I don't think he's up there trying to, you know, beat us down and force us into submission. But I do think that he allows, that everything that he allows has purpose. And one possible outcome of our internal battles is our humility. And I think that should be an outcome that we also set our sights on as we walk through whatever it is that we're facing. If you're going through something difficult in your mind, I think one outcome you should want for yourself is to say, Lord, at least work through this in order for me to be humble before you. You know, I think one thing we might do when we face thoughts that we don't want is to well up with a sense of wounded pride. You know, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to think these things. I'm better than this. And we can rely on ourselves to just try to to grit it out, to be better. It's also possible that we have some moments of false humility where we just wallow in our struggles. We wallow in our anxieties, either because we believe that God is just trying to break us down. We're just like, fine, I'm just going to be broken. Or because we believe that we deserve that struggle. For some something, for whatever reason, that maybe we feel like we deserve it. And we have this wounded uh, pride or false humility. In both of those cases, and probably in other ways as well, we so easily make it all about ourselves. And maybe you've heard that quote from C.S. Lewis. I think it's from C.S. Lewis about how humility isn't really thinking less of yourself, but rather thinking of yourself less. And honestly, I've been there. One aspect of mental struggles can be this, just this abundance of self-consumption. You're just constantly thinking about yourself and reflecting on yourself. And it's okay to be self-reflective. We have to be. But when our struggles are all that we can think about, we play right into the hands of our enemies. What can we do? Here, Peter gives us one thing that we can do about this. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what does it look like to be humble before him? According to Peter, it looks like casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I know this may sound so simplistic, but how better can I take the pressure and the focus off of myself and the thought struggles that I don't want to rule my life other than to bring them to God. You know, in the first episode, we talked about Jesus' call to come to him when we're weary and heavy laden. Do not for a second believe the lie that he can't help or that he doesn't want to. That maybe that's not actually true, that he doesn't want you to come to him. Don't believe that lie. Why does Peter say to bring it all to God? He says it's because he cares for you. And we're not talking about some fairy tale spirit that we hope is real and can maybe do something or maybe just make us feel better just for a little bit. If we'll just pray and say the right things, maybe we'll feel better for a little bit. No, we're talking about the creator God who rules and reigns despite what it may look like to us. The one who made you, that you rebel against every time you sin, but who has chosen to love you anyways. Also proving that love by coming to live sinlessly as one of us and dying in such a way that he could take on our punishment only to rise again, defeating death, freeing us from living under the fear of death and from living under the fear or, or the captivity of the one who held the fear of death over our heads. Our Savior reigns right now and someday 
after he returns, we will see his reign so clearly. This isn't a maybe. He is there and he cares. Brother or sister in Christ, believe what you say you have believed. Bring it all to him and let him do with you and with your struggles what he will and what only he can. Peter follows that up in the next few verses with a few things this humble submission to God is going to look like for us. One, we're called to be sober-minded. Not too much this way or that. You know, just kind of level-headed, right? So uh, not captivated with lies. Let's be truthful in our assessment of things. What is the truth about what I'm thinking? You know, what is the truth about me? What is the truth about my situation? What is the truth about God? Don't be so easily swayed or intoxicated with the lies that we might be prone to believe. And that runs into the next thing he says. He says, keep an eye out for the lies because there's an adversary. We talked about this some a couple episodes ago, but it's worth mentioning again. We have a real enemy, a real adversary who enjoys feeding us lies and half-truths. Be aware of that. The devil lies to us. He wants us to believe things that are not true because what we believe will shape how we live. And he'd like us to believe that we're too deep in it to get out and that God doesn't really care about us. And if he can get us to submit ourselves to his lies rather than God's truth, then he will devour us. But Peter wouldn't say resist him in verse 9 if that was not possible. According to Hebrews 2, Jesus has not only defeated death for us, but also him who holds the fear of death over us. According to Romans 6, those of us who have the Spirit of God do not have to submit to our flesh. Romans 8.37 tells us that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We can resist what Satan throws at us. Lies, evil thoughts, temptations to worry, overwhelming shame, on and on. Peter goes on to say in verse 9 that what you face, other believers face. So one of Satan's lies to you might be that you're the only one who deals with this that you're unique in this, in this way and that nobody would understand what you're facing. Also not true. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. And this is where truth dispels the lies, that you're not alone in this. This is not unique to you. Do not despair. And then he goes on to say something that could dishearten us a little bit, if we're being honest. It says, after you've suffered a little while. Just to be clear, The suffering of these people that Peter's talking to probably looked a little different than what we're talking about today. You know, we're talking about mental struggles. We're talking about things that are going on in our hearts and our minds, feelings, emotions, all this stuff. And what Peter's talking about may actually be something like persecution or some other kind of suffering that they're facing. But there's principles here that that are worth taking away for us, that work for us as people who are bringing our cares and anxieties that we face to God. One thing I think we can take away from this is that the difficulty you're facing may not go away right away. You know, I said earlier that God isn't just trying to make you sit in your struggles like a beating, you know, to bring you down or to humble you. But I don't think it's a contradiction to say that and then to say that God may allow you to face what you're facing for a little while for his purposes. And those purposes ultimately are are for good. The text tells us in verse 10 that we worship the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory in Jesus. This is not a God who doesn't have your good in mind. 
And to confirm that, Peter communicates that God has every intention of restoring and establishing you after you suffered a little while. And I want to hone in on this for just a second because you might have already been dealing with a certain mental struggle for a while or a certain temptation in your mind and in your heart for a while. And you keep bringing it to the Lord, but it hasn't seemed to change. Do not lose heart. Your struggles and your worries do not define you. Your temptations do not define you. Keep bringing every care to the Lord who cares for you. He's not punishing you. He's not allowing these temptations and fears that come your way without purpose. You have everything you need in his Holy Spirit that he's put in you to walk through whatever you're facing in faith, resisting the devil. And he will restore you. Our God will restore us. And according to verse 6, it says, at the proper time, he will exalt you. Because if you are in Christ, you are his. And the end of all these things, he says, in verse 11, is his dominion. Our God's dominion. He is the one who has dominion. His sovereign, he is sovereign over all. So let us be humble before him, but also full of faith in him. As if we really believe that he has the power to do what he says he will do. I don't know what you needed to hear from this passage today, but I really hope there's been some hope in what's been said and read from the word. Don't forget the promise that we've been talking about every episode from Isaiah 26.3 as we close this episode. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We'll be back for one more episode to close out our series. But until then, grace and peace.